You're listening to Scattered by Anchored Baptist Church, where we work to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to hear the good news about the person and work of Jesus and as we scatter to share it. We hope that you enjoy. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. 1 Timothy 2, 1-7 Paul starts off by saying, first of all. Now, this is not the first thing that Paul has told Timothy, so why would he do that? Well, thus far, Paul has shared the gospel, reminded Timothy of what it means, and, and then specifically what it means in the form of, of his life, that is, Paul's life, and Timothy's life. And then he has twice encouraged Timothy towards the work that Paul has given him to do, that is, rebuking, correcting, and confronting false teachers. So what is this, first of all, going to be? Is it going to be a step-by-step playbook of how to get rid of false teachers? Well, kind of, but not really. First of all, pray. Go to God and realize that this task is probably too big and complex for you, Timothy, Paul is saying. <laughs> Go to God and seek help. Thank God for the things that you have seen him do and praise him for who he is, as I have already done in this letter. This is essentially what prayer is. Admitting your need for God's help and your dependence upon him. So in the midst of this task, prayer is going to be important. And this is why Paul says, first of all, it's something that is of first importance. Now, there are four words here that Paul uses, supplication, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings. It's a temptation to look at these words and say, okay, here are the four types of prayer. All I must do is master these, and then I will be a truly faithful Christian, and God will sort of, be in my control. Now, that might sound crude, but you can find thousands upon thousands of books on prayer that either promise to do that or imply that. These four words do describe general types of prayer. Perhaps in your prayer life, you follow a similar pattern. For instance, ACTS, that's A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. The first letter of each word spelling, acts. This is a good method. 
If it is helpful for you to follow a pattern like this, please do it. From reading Paul's other letters, he probably would not have a problem with a pattern like this. However, that is not necessarily the purpose of listing these words. The point Paul is driving home is that prayer should be made for all people. Now, when you're praying for all kinds of people, you're going to need all kinds of prayer. Sometimes you're going to need to ask for things on behalf of other people. You will see their need, and they will not see their true gospel need. And in that case, you should and can offer supplications for that person. There will be times when you need to pray for the simple purpose of praise. Perhaps you have been affected by God's word, changed by it in some way. Or you have seen his work in the world, and you need to praise him. There will be times when you need to intercede, that is, you need to step in between someone uh, and their situation with prayer that will uh, either be asking that God will remove them from that situation or will carry them through it. And there will be times when, with great clarity, you see that the only thing you can do is thank God for all He has done. And this will probably be with more regularity when you begin to see everything in your life as a gift. See, there are all kinds of people in this world, and Paul tells Timothy and us that God desires each of these people to come to the knowledge of the truth about Jesus. Here is something that we have said many times before and echoes this well. No one is too lost or too far gone to be saved by Jesus and his work done for them on the cross. But before we skip over something important, let's slow down for a moment and see the beauty of this group of people through time and through our world right now, including us at Anchored Baptist Church, uh, the beauty of this thing called the church. See, you are not alone. You do not have to pray all by yourself. And what I mean is this. Uh, perhaps you're going through a season of blessing right now, and everything that comes out of your mouth is praise or thanksgiving. Or, or perhaps you're battling hard against your own sin, and every prayer is one of confession right now. Or, or perhaps you have family members that are suffering, and when you wake up at, at random times each night, you're sleepily crying out to God, um, that he would step in and save this person or, or bring them out in one piece on the other end of this trial that they are faced with. Whatever the case may be, there is someone else in this church right now who is praying differently than you. They are focused on other things. And they compliment you and your prayer. And you compliment them and their prayer. Now, this is not a free pass to just move on. No, this is an encouragement to figure out what someone else is praying for or about. See where their heart is. Compliment their prayer life with your own. Now, that, that could sound frightening. Uh, but Pastor, uh, I do not pray as often as I should. Well, me neither. But Pastor... I don't even have the words most days. 
Me neither. Here's the good news. Your prayer life does not make you a Christian. Your prayer life does not make you right before God. Better yet, you have been made right with God and given His Holy Spirit so that you can begin to desire a maturing and deepening dependence upon God. What specifically does prayer for all people include? Well, specifically, Paul's going to point out that this includes uh, government officials, economic influencers, and generally important people. Well, that's easy for Paul to say, isn't it? He didn't have to deal with dictators and corruption and incompetence. <laughs> but put the brakes on that thought. Paul dealt with nothing but evil, incompetent rulers and a government full of corrupt politicians, which is why they need prayer. Paul wants prayer for even those in authority because he would like for people to experience a peaceful, godly, and dignified life. How do those three things go together? Well, a peaceful life here means a life that is untroubled by things coming in from the outside. This could be government interference, but it could also be, uh, I don't know, sporting events, you know? Um, maybe uh, everyone's skipping church to go see the gladiatorial games, uh, the, the, the equivalent of rugby, okay? Anything that comes from outside of the church that could get in the way of the Christian life and the life of the church. So, a, a untroubled life, a peaceful life, right? And then a godly life or a life where the things of God can be built into someone's life without those outside distractions and without those inside distractions. And then lastly, a dignified life. That is a life that is morally right in front of your neighbor. Quite literally, Paul is desiring Christians to have a life where the government works well enough so that you can have a sense of peace and where Christians can show a love for God and a love for neighbor. That sounds like a pretty good life, doesn't it? Well, you and I, right now, can thank God because we have a life like that. We live in a world like that, at least where we're at. We have brothers and sisters in Christ who do not live in that same world. They are being hindered from the outside. They are being tormented from the inside. And they are not allowed, I guess you could say, to show love of God and love for neighbor in the way that we have. Paul says that this kind of prayer, that is all kinds of prayer for all kinds of people, is good and it pleases God. And we should take note of that. When we are told of something specifically that pleases God, we should probably consider it in a serious way. Now, here's a question though. Why in the world would praying for all people in all the ways they need to be prayed for be important to God? Verse 4 answers that. Our God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's quite a claim. Prove it, Paul. And so Paul says, There is one God, 
And there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. This should not sound strange to us. In John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus says this, No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own choosing. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge, this, this uh, task, I have received from my Father. How can we know that we have a good God who is pleased by all people being prayed for, and also know that God desires all people to be saved? Because God took action. This is the testimony in verse 6. God took an action that could be applied to anyone in the whole world at any time. Jesus, God himself, who was also human, gave himself as a payment for a debt that everyone owed and that no one could pay. He did that for everyone as the only one who could properly go between God and his people and make them right and righteous. He did that for everyone, and he did that for you. <laughs> Paul adds on to this then in verse 7 by saying that this is the gospel that he has been given to proclaim and that he has been sent out to the Gentiles so that they can hear that truth and believe it. Now, how does this fit into the all people theme? Well, Paul is going to all people. That is, he's not going specifically to a group of people. He's going out to all of them indiscriminately of who they are. The Roman Empire at this time was made up of all different kinds of people from all different backgrounds, languages, and religious beliefs. So obviously, this means that all different kinds of skin colors are included in this as well. And yet, it was a big place, that is the Roman Empire, full of division and also full of sin that goes strongly against the desires of God. Perhaps to say it positively, though, here are five things that we know for sure about this early church that Jesus was building through Paul and Timothy and everyone who came after them. And these five things come from a theologian and a historian, uh, Larry Hurtado, who died just last year. And here they are. The early church was diverse in skin color and cultural background, while the world around them was divided by it. It was also very diverse in the type of person who was there. Others, that is, other groups of people, um, did not take care of the poor or the foreigner like the early church did. Nor did other people in the empire care for mothers and children, as abortion and the killing of already born children was both uh, expected and accepted. It was marked by, that is the church, was marked by forgiveness that the world around it did not have the ability to understand. And the early church taught being made on purpose or in God's image, right? On purpose by God 
and that what you did with the body that you were given mattered. Now, this is all strange and unique, and it's also a beautiful representation, a beautiful picture and expression of the all-peopleness of Jesus's ransom work, his, his debt pain work on the cross. Anchored Baptist Church, you have been called to pray for all people. You know about a big wide world out there um, in a way that Timothy did not. However, you can pray for as much of that world as you want to. However, know specifically that all people includes this town of Hermanus, which is a mixed up, <laughs> it's a mixed up place full of mixed up people of all different kinds. And it is a place mixed up with all different kinds of sin. And yet know that you can pray for all people, even if it's, if it's just here in our town and, and in our, our region, because the good news that we have received and that we have been sent out with, can save anyone. And that includes you and me, who are always finding new ways to trust in and rely upon ourselves instead of Jesus. And it's for this that, that we can give thanks, as Paul did, for Jesus, who displayed his perfect patience to you and me, as examples to those who will believe in him for eternal life. Our king, the king of all ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Until next time, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you all.